So the first job that I ever wanted to do when I grew up was an artist. At the age of three, my passion in life I had realized was coloring. And because of that, I figured that being an artist was the natural path for, for my life. Um, I remember one day after I was coloring, I saw my dad walk by and I told him very excitedly that I decided what I wanted to be when I grew up, and that was an artist. And without missing a beat, he responded, have you ever heard of the phrase starving artist? If you become an artist when you grow up, you will starve and die. Is that what you want? And I started crying. And after that day, my dream of an artist, of being an artist when I grew up, was shattered. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to What Would Our Ancestors Think? Today, we're talking about success, that money, how we get it, how we want it. JK, just success. <laughs> but but also some money. money. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> that money. Shmoney. But um, I want to ask the question um, first and foremost, what are the narratives of success that we are told? Also, what measured success for us in the past? That's such a complex question, though, because in terms of like what narratives are we told, it comes from all different places, right? Mm -hmm. um, family, obviously, I think is one, um, but our particular ethnic community, our broader community that we live in nationally, that kind of thing. Um, and I would imagine also to some degree, uh, like whatever kind of professional or job communities that we encounter, like so through our parents, mm -hmm. um, they have certain levels of education, certain mm -hmm. jobs, like how do those impact the way they view other jobs, that kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about for you? I, I agree with Andrew. Like it, I was trying to pinpoint if there was one narrative, but it feels so intertwined with mm -hmm. like everything, especially coming from like an immigrant family, like success is not an option or like it's something that you mean is... not succeeding it's not an option yes yeah or, or like it's like, like yeah you're right like you're expected to mm -hmm. succeed like there's no other option like thinking about Andrew's story like of being an artist like that's no way like mm -hmm. you wouldn't even dare think to do that um maybe at three you didn't know that though but <laughs> <laughs> I was quickly educated <laughs> right <laughs> yes and, and I think that's what I was saying that for me, there's different layers like family, but of course family is part of the larger ethnic community, Indian American community, mm -hmm. which um, it is also kind of a stereotype, right? Like, there is a truth, I think generally the lived experience of immigrant um, families in America. And I would imagine across a lot of the world is that, you know, we came here to give you a better life, to have a better mm -hmm. life. Yeah. So do something that's very high earning high potential to move forward, something that like is um, also a secure job, something that will for sure get you what, like the, the, um, the like paycheck for the mm -hmm. work that you put in kind of right, not, not something that's super risky. Right. Um, but I think at the same time, even though there is that reality, uh, there's also diverse types of experiences. So when I say Indian American, um, the stereotype is that like all Indian families want their kids to be doctors. And while I have not really encountered that many people where that is not the case, it is overwhelmingly <laughs> the case in my lived experience. Um, I think that there is, there can be diversity, right? Just because you are Indian doesn't mean that you are going to prize medicine right, right. over other professions. Right. 
I will say that was a complete aside that my parents, when asked by other people, will tell them, we never push them to be doctors, <laughs> um, which is an outright lie. And I have called them on this multiple times to which they feign ignorance. Yeah, I feel like, um, man, the narrative of success is strictly synonymous with the amount of money you make. Mm. Um, for me, that's what I grew up knowing to be and even um, striving to achieve. It's just like success means money and money controls everything. Um, Where did you get that influence from, though? Was it from family or from something else? I think it's definitely family and this aspect of like, okay, success means that you will go to college, you're going to get a good job, and you are going to make a lot of money. Um, it's never of like how, right? The measure isn't talked about too much, um, but it's definitely like you're expected to make a lot of money so that you can return to your community and either help out, uplift, encourage the next to do the same. Um, and it's all it's all centered at money, um, which is very interesting. Hmm. But it's because of, you know, systemic things at play and just this desire for a better life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds like though that there is um, some strings attached to the idea of like just having a huge paycheck, right? Like you were saying that you earn money, but it's the idea that you come back and give it back to your community. So like, would it be looked down upon as like unsuccessful if you just had a big paycheck, but then kind of forgot the people you came from? Because to me, I think that would be the case. Like mm-hmm. if you were um, a disrespectful son who never like cared for his parents, mm-hmm. but yeah. were out here making tons on like Wall Street, I think that would be looked down upon compared to, you know, like the kind of perfect son who's very mm-hmm. dutiful to his parents and also has maybe not as much money as the Wall Street investor, yeah. but, you know, is a doctor and makes a stable income. I think that would be preferred by most Indian families. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. even, even if it does mean a paycheck cut, if you are, like, giving back mm-hmm. to the community. No, that's mm-hmm. exactly the case. It's this aspect of, like, we invested in you. Mm-hmm. We sent yeah. you out. Um, and you are an investment, and the idea is that it will return, not at a means of like, oh, you're supposed to return and give us, you know, all your money back or something like or that. Or like the payback, the exact right. It's, it's, not, yeah, yeah. it's not yeah. that, but it's a matter of like, this is where you've come from. And so you will return to where you've come from. And to not return mm-hmm. means to just forget who you are and forget mm-hmm. everything that built you. Mm-hmm. And that that's frowned upon. Sure. That's relatable to, I feel like, the Asian experience of, um, like, there's a common, maybe it's an East Asian, but I'll just speak from, like, a Taiwanese tradition where your first paycheck, you give it to your parents Mm. as, like, a way of, like, thanking them for, like, investing in your life. And it's just, like, Mm. it's a commonly known thing that that you do that, to, to do that. That's cute. Um, that's sweet. I, yeah, that's super sweet. I was gonna say it's interesting because your first paycheck is probably gonna be the lowest. Probably not, you know? right, <laughs> that's a good point. I, I think it's like the honor that's yeah, there. Is, that's, yeah, it's a very touching expression. Yeah, but I think to Kadrian's point, like, um, I think a part of giving back is is like you said, like honor, remembering who you are. Mm-hmm. I feel like in my culture, a lot of it is also just to like ward off shame of like not giving to my parents if that makes sense like i need to make money and i need to give it back to my parents so they don't look bad in front of like 
their friends mm-hmm. um, and like protecting the honor of my parents, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of makes sense to me that you say that actually, because it's in the same way that like, I feel like I let my parents down if I didn't like get a perfect score on my SAT, right? It's because mm-hmm. I, I know that they want to brag about it to their friends. So if I don't do that for them, then they're like missing out on that opportunity. Right. So I guess it's kind of like the same way. It's like yeah. later in life, then it's like shame on them if I'm not making like enough to buy them the latest things and all yeah. that when their friends' kids are doing that. Right. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is interesting that I was going to say was that is we're a, a lot of times there are so many similarities between our experiences, Amy, and for me, because we are the children of immigrants. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, actually, for this topic, it sounds like a lot of it is very similar right. to your right. experience of the idea of like, um, go be very successful, mm-hmm. but yeah. strings attached to kind of the importance of community, mm-hmm. which I don't now we don't actually have any white people here for this, which may have been a helpful thing to do for this episode. That was what I was going to say. Like, I, I don't think that's the dominant narrative from white America, um, from once again, my lived experiences with a lot of friends, um, maybe some like white mm-hmm. immigrants sure. like, from um, like Southern Europe or something or mm-hmm. Eastern Europe might be, might be the exception here. Um, but definitely even just in media and stuff, most white American families on your average TV sitcom or a drama Mm-hmm. aren't pushing their children the way that like our families are yeah. to success mm-hmm. or yeah. tying those narratives to it like it's much more of a be who you want to be follow oh, your yeah. passion or mm-hmm. the, the the phrase I always heard in college which is if your passion is your profession you never work a day in your life which is <laughs> utter BS <laughs> but we can get to that later <laughs> that's hilarious no man this I feel like success it has changed so much for me, even just over the last few years. So I want to ask the question, like, what does success mean for us now? Um, and what measures it? I would say that, um, and even a part of me feels a little scandalized by saying this, but... Go ahead. <laughs> um, yes. I think, like, being successful now is kind a little bit to what you were saying earlier, Andrew, but, like, how white Americans feel is like being yourself and Mm. like knowing who you are uh, which I think like before like even when I was in college I would not have like said that Um, but I think now successful hopefully means making good money like that's that's an added plus if you can do that but really like doing something that you're passionate about something that changes the world around us for good Um, something that is influencing others in a way Mm -hmm. that is beneficial, um, making their lives better, um, and being, like, self-aware. I think self-awareness, emotional intelligence, these things are so important. Um, They're not taught in school, like, at all for some reason, and yet that's, like, so important for being successful. Like, you can be, like, the richest person and have a terrible attitude and, like, Mm -hmm. not know how to be in touch with your feelings or process things. Um, and I feel like that isn't actually being successful. If you don't know who you are, you don't know how to get in touch with processing things that are hard or difficult. Um, and there's a lot of people I feel like who run fortune 100 companies who are like that. Mm-hmm. Just like- There's people who run countries who are like that. Show <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, But yeah, I think I, I would say that, which seems so like, counter what I grew up knowing. Uh, I think grew up, it was just like money is important. Making a lot of money is Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. is success. But I would say it's um, 
being a person who is like who has integrity and Mm -hmm. is caring for those around them is is what counts as like true success Hmm. and it's helpful if you make bank but i was unfortunately (laughs) i feel like i feel like the whole self-awareness empathy thing unfortunately does not pay a lot (laughs) no it helps you navigate life it does it does right yeah but uh those those metrics of success yeah like like i'm glad to hear that that those are your metrics of success Mm -hmm. because i I would generally agree with a lot of what you said um but compared to where we've been, what we discussed in terms of our family, um, how the media has portrayed. I did mention like how like there is a narrative of, you know, follow your passion. But at the same time, there is a very materialistic narrative of America of live the high life, right? Like yeah. keep, keep mm-hmm. up with the trends, especially in the age of social media, keep up with the trends, right. you know, be traveling to all these exotic places around the world, taking yeah. your like, Instagram selfies, being fabulous. And mm-hmm. that doesn't come cheap either. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sometimes I kind of wonder how these people are affording this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, right. I come for money myself and I don't think I can afford most of what some of these people mm. are doing. Mm-hmm. So um, granted, I know with social media, of course, you're seeing a very tailored, curated, sure. you know, perspective of life. You know, one night out in like Ibiza, maybe masking like the many many days mm-hmm. of being in a horrible hostel for like the rest of the trip right um but yeah like there there is a pressure even if you are even in, even if in our generation as millennials there's this a new appreciation for our self-awareness and kind mm-hmm. of having this holistic approach to life there is still very much like the rat race of keeping up with the latest trends and being wealthy basically yeah. not like just having money just you have it but like having it to do the things that have the experiences that you want mm-hmm. i feel like my response will be super millennial but <laughs> i feel like success is actually a lot for me is a lot what amy explained as far as like finding um what i'm passionate about and living with that um because that is what i have and just how our i guess our day-to-day living and how it's set up is like you literally live to just pay bills and that's mm-hmm. it you keep doing it over and over you work you pay bills and so i want to find that healthy medium of ours like man what am i passionate about what brings me happiness what brings me joy and also can bring me money money mm-hmm. is a huge part of it um but if i don't make you know two hundred thousand dollars a year i'm okay and so how can i allow what i have work for me in a holistic way where I'm like, I'm not losing myself. I have joy. I'm working in my passion. Um, I feel holistically free. I feel like I know myself. Um, and also do, I do pay for those experiences. Like I'm one of those individuals, I'm like, dang, to buy a house and be tied down or to just make sure I leave the country at least once a year and have those experiences. I weigh those things. And that sounds very millennial. Like I'd rather pay for experiences um, than to, have very, very nice luxury car or large house and things like that. Um, one, I don't have the money for it. Um, but also two, I'm just like, life is not about to stop me um, from having experiences in this aspect of like, what is actually successful. Um, I'm like, no, I don't have to live a successful life. What is what? I don't have to live a life that is successful for others, but what is successful for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that self-awareness is so key to that, right? Because if you don't have that self-awareness and insight into what values you have, 
you're just going to be listening to whatever values are like mm-hmm. thrown at you, yeah. which is growing up, I know how I experienced that, right? Of like, just follow what is oh ever going to yeah. make me the most money. Um, and I know going into college, it's kind of why I was pre-med was because mm-hmm. I just had this very high expectation I felt for my family to earn, mm-hmm. um, especially as the only son. Um, and also as the youngest in my family in terms of all my cousins, I was told by both sets of grandparents, you know, when XYZ auntie uncle gets older, you know, you're the one who has to take care of them mm-hmm. because, you know, like you're the youngest who's there. And, um, <laughs> you know, so there, there was a lot of pressure to um, earn money. And I know going to college, I didn't feel bad about that. I was like, yeah, sure, medicine. It's a good, stable career. I'll earn yeah. money. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say PSA to anyone who is thinking about medicine. Medicine is not a quick or easy way to earn money. If you're looking to earn money, it's a long, it's a long haul. And the interesting thing is, like, there are like benefits to medicine. I will agree that like it's changing, but historically, it's been very kind of like a high status profession, right? People Mm -hmm. say, "Oh, it's very noble that um, you know people going to medicine, especially today in the day of the pandemic." Yeah, you you see these people being clapped um, and like applauded in the street um, for just walking home from work. But at the same time, like going through medicine um, and going into the field, you have to deal with a lot of really heavy stuff that does Mm -hmm. impact you. And I think it's interesting to me as I've spoken with other um, South Asian Americans whose parents kind of had the same background of like very much pushing them into medicine. We all have talked about like those hidden costs of how it weighs on our psyche, the things that we've Mm, seen, the things we've had to participate in. That's kind of like, did our parents know when they were pushing us towards this? Yeah. you know, in addition to a high paycheck, we'll be like carrying these cars of like watching people suffer, participating in these broken systems. Um, I know my parents had some idea because they themselves are physicians. Mm-hmm. Um, and I assume that they believe that I had a lot of strength to deal with <laughs> those challenges, um, but they were still very much challenges. Um, yeah. yeah. I feel like that's a whole other thing. Like when we, we can talk about success, but it's hard to, like you said, not talk about it in relation to like mental health and mm-hmm. what that has done to like our generation. And like, we see like this rampant, just like spike um, in cases of like anxiety and depression, especially mm-hmm. with, among millennials. And it's only going up with like iGen. Um, there are a lot, a lot of different like reasons, reasons for it. Um, but I'd be curious to see like the impact of success. Um, in, in, in light of that mm-hmm. and how it's mm-hmm. affecting us and yeah future generations to come and you know I, I hesitate to say this I'm just kind of like freewheeling here but I've had also had conversations with other um, South Asian Americans usually children of immigrants about this kind of topic where like the idea or kind of prioritization of uh, your self-awareness your being in touch with your feelings mm-hmm. is not something that seems to be like very important in other generations. Oh, um, definitely among, among, among the immigrant no. generation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not for everyone, but generally. Um, specifically, I, ha- I have a friend who I remember when he and his sister um, were kind of having a feelings check with the, their parents and discussing like, some kind of conflict that the family had had. <laughs> the, the parents just snapped back like, what is all this feeling talk? You know, you're, 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 you're such an American, which was a very, I think a very like revealing moment though, right? Mm-hmm. Like in which um, these are very millennial American yeah. traits perhaps, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
that to, to be very in touch with yourself, to have that kind of insight. Um, and I think it kind of comes out of uh, the place that we inhabit as millennial Americans. So we live very privileged lives where we don't have to worry about like, I mean, that's not true for everyone. People do worry about having to live paycheck by paycheck, mm. but we, we have a culture that kind of emphasizes thriving, this kind of like higher needs and just your basic, like, um, yeah. like I said, paycheck to paycheck. I think like coming from a culture where um, like two generations ago, like, just kind of your basic needs being met was the main concern of day-to-day life. And there wasn't as much maybe like luxury time, free time education um, to think about these like higher needs, if you will. Um, I would imagine that kind of precluded people's ability to really like think about, you know, mm-hmm. the things that we're discussing right now, which is, am I being fulfilled on like a like tele- teleological level, right? Sure. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if my like grandparents asked themselves the same questions. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the values put before them as to what it meant to be successful were just radically different yeah. than what we experience today as millennials in America connected to the world through social media and seeing all the vast opportunities that are out there, right? Yeah. That's interesting, though, because when I think about my grandparents, um, obviously they were raised here in this country and so forth with myself. Um this aspect of like, what are my feelings? And am I having this holistic approach as far as like, am I living a life that I feel is worthy um, or joyful for myself? I feel like they weren't asking those questions until they were like retired. Mm-hmm. It didn't It didn't come when they were working because when I think about my grandparents- they were working, they had to work. Yeah, they were yeah. working, they had mm-hmm. to work and they're working literally hard as heck probably for the same company for 30 plus years in order for their children to maybe ask those questions. Um, And so that's, I don't know, I I can hear like grandparents saying like, make sure that you do something that you love because you have to live with it for the rest of your life. Mm. Um, So we get a little bit of that. It's just like, all right, but two, make sure it makes some money too. (laughs) So um, because you have to live with it because there's a sense of like, once I get a certain point, I'm looking back and in retrospect, am I happy with the life that I lived? Am I happy with the choices I made? Um, did I even live or experience anything or did I just work for a company and for years and years and years and never really experienced a life or my family or anybody who's around me? So mm-hmm. it's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's very interesting to me. I feel like I don't know. My parents or one side of my family did come from like a good amount of money. And this could it could be a cultural difference as well that like they still didn't think about like being self-aware or like um, I do a lot of like leadership development in my work now. um, And I remember trying to tell my grandmother about what I do and. Um, it just was like not working. Like I would try to, I, I would tell her like, oh yeah, we're like helping college students grow in leadership development. Didn't make sense to her. Emotional awareness did not make sense to mm-hmm. her. Um, and it, it, there's just like such a miss because it's it's not a value. Um, and I realized a lot of leadership, uh, especially in my culture, it just comes from like you just get older and then you get respected. Um, 
you that's real <laughs> yeah like yeah. you could have the zero self-awareness but because you're old it's like okay yeah like now you're a great leader no which, we, we got that too yes. <laughs> I'm like, which i mean oh, in, in, in theory experience should teach right. self-awareness so like but there's some dumb <laughs> old folks i'm just gonna say it <laughs> i don't want to follow them right no, yeah, exactly. sometimes they lead companies sometimes they lead the united states right <laughs> right <laughs> Um, but what I was what I was trying to say to Kadrian's point was, um, oh crap, I forgot. Wait, what did you say earlier about? Uh, I forget. Just looking back and not having regret. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, I did tell her. Okay, so what was happening was, um, I basically like after undergrad was you know supposed to go into like professional school and be a doctor and all that good stuff. Um, but I didn't and instead like took a job with a nonprofit, which to my grandmother's chagrin, uh, it was just, it was rough. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking about it with her and I was like, um, would you want me to like do a job that I didn't like for the rest of my life? And she was like, if it pays the bills, like if it makes money, then yeah, like it doesn't matter what you do. Mm-hmm. You just have to mm-hmm. make money. And like, it's not just money. It's like, it's money and title, you know, like having those letters behind your name or mm-hmm. before your name. Like, but do you enjoy it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like you I, suffer yeah. for it. Yeah. Like, and, and I think that's what we were talking about before about kind of like the strings attached, right? Like the strings attached, I, I imagine from both of our experiences, Amy, um, are the bringing that like honor and stuff to your family. Like ultimately, actually that might be the, it's not really about money. It's actually about like the honor to your family. That is like the most successful mm-hmm. thing. Money is a part of that, but that's like how you achieve it. That's like the mm-hmm. means of achieving it. Yeah. But yeah, like what's the point of having tons of money and living like a life of shame? You know, yeah. like that would be worse than right. um, earning like a decent income and like bringing honor to your family, right? right. Um, if you can earn a ton of money and bring honor to the family, like yeah. even better. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think, I think that, <laughs> um, which, you know, I mean, in, like, I, I know for myself, being in medicine, that is kind of where I'm headed. And going back to the original question, which is like, what does success mean to you? Um, I didn't really, I, I talked about all the influences that have influenced me, but I haven't actually explained what it means to me. Um, and I, I think looking at my life and just like seeing where I'm positioned, I'm fulfilling a lot of the things that are there from the narratives that we've been a part of, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm fulfilling the... Uh, the honor piece of my family of like being a doctor and going, you know, just as by virtue of being a doctor, I will be earning money. Yeah. Um, Great job, Andrew. (laughs) 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 Amy was silently applauding me over here. (laughs) Um, But I I know for myself, I I view it differently. I think in two parts um, and both have to do with my faith. The first was um, that before I went to med school, I worked for a campus ministry um, and I had to fundraise my salary, basically. Technically, I was fundraising for the organization and they paid me my salary, but my salary was um, correlated to how much I fundraised for the organization. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. felt like I was fundraising my salary, um, which was a new and scary experience. Praise God, it did turn out for me okay <laughs> in the one year I worked for them. But um, I had many friends who, but kind of at the same time, had difficulty raising those funds and then maybe had to go off staff um, because they were not able to mm. um, raise the funds necessary for them to have mm-hmm. like a viable lifestyle with with the salary they were getting. Um, I think what I kind of learned through that process was just like the idea of like trusting in God for 
your finances because at the end of the day, my job was very apparently tied to the generosity of people to give towards like this mission. Mm -hmm. And I think to be honest, like at that time, um, it, it can be so easy for people in other positions like medicine or business um, to be like, well, my salary is not tied to the generosity, whether mm-hmm. it's it's tied to my ability to earn, mm. um, it's my it's tied to my ability to like pull myself up by my bootstraps, right? Right. right. But in reality, I would say like to me, in my view, like everything is tied to like what God is giving us. So mm-hmm. like even for me, I'm um, going into medicine, right? Like if I were to get in a car accident tomorrow and um, end up with some kind of major disability um, that impacted my ability to think. I would not be able to practice medicine anymore. And this huge investment um, in my education will all kind of come to naught. Mm. Um, I won't be able to recoup the money I would need to pay off the loans that med school brought. Um, And my life could take a very different turn. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's kind of like, even the fact that I get to be successful is not really conditioned on me. It's Mm. conditioned on circumstances that are beyond my control. I obviously have like a part in it, but like it's something that is deeply like kind of God's graciousness I guess you could say for my life um but ultimately like to me that doesn't really matter like whether I'm like earning the money or not like for me it, it, my job is in somewhat like deference to my parents like I decided to go to med school kind of because they very much wanted me to and had sacrificed for me this way mm-hmm. um and it did not feel that it was something that was like I wouldn't have known the sacrifices that it was going to take for me to get through med school but yeah. at the same time it was not something that like felt so out of kind of the question to be asked by them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is in, in large part why I left my former job to go to med school. Um, but to me as a as a Catholic, I think like I talked before about the ancestors, um, not only of like my biological, cultural ancestors, but of like the saints. Um, there's one saint, St. Catherine of Siena, who said, be who God wants you to be and you'll set the world on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that quote because I think it just shows like how like in my church's tradition, um, the idea of success isn't necessarily like just uh, earning money or like doing this job or feeding your family. Although those are all good things mm-hmm. for sure. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like being who God created you to be. And we kind of touched on this before about the idea of like self-awareness and mm-hmm. integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are all part and parcel of it. But I think like for me, I would just go a step further and say like the beauty of the idea of like the saints is that um, – everyone is going to be different. So like what is success for one person is not going to be success for another person. Right. Like I would believe right. that That's like St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa, her success was like living in relative poverty all of her life, mm. working with the poor, which I mean, yes, she became really famous and things at the end of the day and was able to impact a lot of people. So people might view her as a success, but like definitely the journey there was not like right. what Boy. any immigrant <laughs> right. family would want for their child kind of thing, right? Like, um, and that's true of so many saints throughout history that a lot of them were considered very crazy by their family or contemporaries because they did things that were just so like out of the ordinary for what was like normally considered success mm-hmm. for their time of day. Um, St. Francis of Assisi is one that comes to mind. He grew up in like a rich Italian merchant noble household. He left all that to become like a wandering mystic hmm. leading this huge reform movement in the church that has probably changed the modern like Western and just global church more than maybe any saint in like kind of the past a thousand years. Um, 
but like at the time people thought that he was crazy yet now he is remembered and like venerated by so many people and mm-hmm. none of his contemporaries are <laughs> who thought that he was crazy right yeah. so it's like success in the long span of things to me uh is just a completely different question than just like earning money and having a prestigious job despite the fact that I am in those positions, right? So it's like, sure, I'm sure. saying it kind of from a place of like, it's very easy for me to say mm-hmm, all that right. because I'm in a place where I'm meeting all the tick marks for the narratives of part of my life. But for myself, I see that. I, I just see the world differently despite the fact that I am inhabiting these, yeah. what, what seems like a very comfortable position. Mm-hmm. I would like to think that if those things were taken away from me, that I would be okay with that. Yeah. Hmm. What would you guys say or who would you say has access to success? Ooh. It really depends, once again, just on like the perspectives people have of success, yeah. right? We've talked about so many different competing narratives of, of success um, from the definition I just gave of like, from a faith perspective, it's mm-hmm. technically anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are still barriers to people in life, but like if you fulfill God's will for you, then like he'll make a path, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a very easy thing to say, right. Right? like when there are so many other narratives and specific like things that are you're being called to do, right? Like if you are a parent and you have a child and you have mm-hmm. difficulty finding work, you have to fulfill kind of the success of being a good parent by feeding your child, but it may feel insurmountable because you lost your job mm-hmm. and cannot find anyone. Um, so I think that there are very much like structural things at play. Yeah. My hope is, um, I want to say everyone, um, but like, oh, our world has made it so complicated mm-hmm. for like what success is. Um, if success is like having that self-awareness, emotional intelligence, passion to do the things that you want to do, then hopefully everyone can can a- attain that, achieve that in, in certain ways. But I don't know, our world is just really broken and the like the rules that we put on what is success and then who has access to it. Um, then talking about different privileges as well um, to attain that success is, yeah. And I, and I think similar to Andrew, I think I, I speak from a point of view where I never really had to think about success as mm-hmm. like, would I, would I have it or would I not? Yeah. Um, it was always just kind of, I don't know, in a way like bred into me that if I did X, Y, and Z, like there was a, like a timeline or like a map of mm-hmm. like these, this is what you do to have success. And if you do it, then you're good. If you don't do it, then like you're kind of on your own. Like you decided to go your own path and now we can't like, guarantee you will be successful or have a good life or anything like that yeah i feel like if someone would have asked me this like when i was fresh out of college i would have said anyone who has money or opportunity um has access to success but because like i feel like i really found like who i am after college a couple years after college my definition of success has changed, um, as I explained earlier. So now I'm just kind of like, because success for me means like finding that medium between passion and just life, um, like joy and mm-hmm. things like that. I would say anybody has access to it. Um, 
because for me, success is not synonymous with money. Mm. Money plays a role, but it's not synonymous with it. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's mm. good. We've spoken a lot about how our past selves like, like have interpreted success and like what things have been poured into our ideas of success. Um, I'm curious what you all think about our future. Um, I know for myself, it's a really interesting question because um, I was just thinking as I'm getting towards the end of med school, like uh, uh, like my high school has a newsletter, a magazine, I don't know what you call it, that they send out every mm -hmm. year around this time mm -hmm. in which they have like alumni updates, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, should, should I send in that I'm graduating from med school? I don't know. Um, and I just had this random memory of my senior year of high school where in my English class, uh, our teacher was really cool and uh, did a lot of things for fun that were not curricular based. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remember like towards the end of the year, one activity we did was like kind of like a class superlative sort of, but it was more like a where will they be in five years? Mm -hmm. I remember at the time um, as we we're going through and like writing down for everyone in the class of where we think we'll be in five years, the one that won the most votes for me was um, in five years, Andrew will be in med school dreaming of opening up a Bollywood dance studio, which is not that's, as- That's not I, right. I, I, that's I was, a good one I was going to say like, it's funny because at the time I was like, oh, that's so weird. And then it's like, well, that's actually- that's a good one. They read yeah. me very well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, yeah, if in another life, if I could have opened up a Bollywood dance studio, like that'd mm -hmm. be fun. I don't, I recognize you don't have the, the talent or I think like really drive to really pursue that dream. Um, but apparently I do for medicine, which is not terrible as things turn out. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just funny to think about that question of like, where in 10 years will, will we think about these questions, right? Because mm -hmm. I sometimes apparently other people can have a more accurate reading on us than mm -hmm. we do ourselves. I think um, the thing that comes to mind with that question for me is legacy. Um, legacy mm. is so huge in the Black community. It's like, what will I get the chance or opportunity to leave my children and their children? What will they say? Will they be proud of me? Mm. Um, I don't even know if proud is a good word, but like um, maybe honored yeah. um, by my doing and what I did to prepare a way for them. Mm. Um, so I'm sure I'll be thinking about that. And it's like, what do I have to leave behind? Are they, do I, I want to make sure I pass on the legacy of as far as like, hey, find who you are. Mm -hmm. And that is like one of the greatest investments you could give yourself. Um, and it will pay off. Um, I, I truly believe that. Um, I, I understand that it takes like creativity and, you know, a lot of other things that go with it in order to like meet money needs, right? Um, but finding who you are and investing in it, I feel like that's important. So success means for me 10 years from now is definitely legacy. Um, do I have something to give to the future of like my bloodline or like my family, if you will? Mm -hmm. That's good. That's beautiful. It's kind of an inversion of our question for our podcast, what would our ancestors think? Rather like what would your descendants think? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's beautiful. That's a good that. one. Yeah, I like that. Um, I think for me, I was trying to think about like how old I will be in 10 years <laughs> to like help like a, give a helpful framework. Um, but I think just like in general, I want to be in a place where I am still learning and still growing That's good. like about myself and, um, and about other people, uh, even things that I may not agree with or like, uh, 
that I feel like maybe an opposing view to like how I feel, but I always want to be in a position to learn um, and to like be bettering myself. So whether that looks like professional development, Mm -hmm. whether that looks like mentoring someone else, um, just continuing to, um, yeah, like similar to what you were saying, Kadrian, like investing in other people. Um, And then uh, this is my filial filial piety kind of like coming in, but I really want to like, um, I don't know, like I really want my parents to know that I care about them and like, Mm-hmm. especially like financially um whether that is i'm not saying buy them a house because i know i don't have the money to do that but like <laughs> something kind of nice you know yeah. um but I, I want them to feel honored by mm. the choices that i made just because it was it was a hard one for them mm-hmm. to let me work in the nonprofit sector and um, especially my dad being in high like academia and stuff like it's it's just like a very different um, path than what they would have chosen for me. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to honor them in the best way that I can that in a way that honors them but also is true to like who I am mm-hmm. and not um, compromising on that. Um, I think Andrew about what you said earlier about like knowing who you are so you don't like let other people tell you like what your values are or like who you are and when you said that I was like that is mm-hmm. me <laughs> to a T like always like looking to other people to like uh in a way like validate the choices Mm. that I've made um even though it's not the choices that they've made which now that I'm like explaining it makes no sense but like especially interacting with my um just like older family members like their opinion on me like I don't know, it's like 10 times louder for some reason mm. of like what success mm. looks like. Um, even though I like don't really talk to them, don't really interact with them. They don't really even know me <laughs> for real. Mm. Um, but yet like wanting to honor them well um, is something that is like really important to me. Mm. So, but I do want to do it in a way that is true to who I am still mm. um, in whatever way that looks like and whatever uh, season of life I'm in as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for myself, just because, as I mentioned before, like the current career field I'm in, there are many things about it that like I connect with and can do, but maybe it would not have been like, in hindsight, like the choice that I would have really chosen for myself ultimately, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's more the field I find myself in. Um, I just kind of have to look at success a little bit differently, I think. Um, and even just for myself in general, just like where I'm at, where I'm at in my life uh, with other things I've imagined for my future, mm-hmm. they just kind of don't line up. So making sense of that, right? Like there's an element for me that, like I said, the lived experience and the intellectual kind of like what I would hope, I don't know if that's maybe not intellect, like your heart kind of disposition, <laughs> right? Like what you would hope to be the case for you are kind of in conflict, right? So I was talking before about mm-hmm. like how ideally whatever God wills for me, even if it's like complete and utter poverty, I should be okay with. Mm-hmm. But my lived experience is such that it's very easy for me to say that because sure. I, I'm not living in poverty, right? Yeah, right. Um, and I think in this, honestly, though, that my answer would still be the same in 10 years for myself. I would hope that I am still close to God through um, my faith. 
to me, like that actually really is the only metro success I can really hang my hat on as like mm, this for sure, sure I know to be true. Yeah. And like, yeah, that is I, really at the same time, like that doesn't mean it's just going to be like for granted there. Right. Like right, I yeah. work towards it. Like I strive towards um, God saving grace at all time. Um, but that's like the only thing I can really like for sure say in my future that like I want mm-hmm. to have. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could be so bold as to be like, I would hope to become a saint someday. Um, hopefully okay. not. Hopefully not, <laughs> not. Hopefully not a place of pride. But I think just being a very ambitious person, I would be like, yeah, mm-hmm. I love to be the first like Indian American saint. Like, let's go, yes. let's do this. Um, definitely not yet anywhere close to being there. <laughs> um, but I would hope that, like, in terms of success, if I could look back in my life, um, even if I'm not recognized for being the first saint who's Indian American, um, and I hope that there actually are other Indian Americans before me who are saints already. Um, I would hope that like that to me would be, I think a better legacy than like in my, the way I see the world, it would be a better legacy than like kind of having the approval of family, friends, anything else. Um, which once again, very easy to say right. to live it is a very different experience. I'm yeah. sure down the road mm-hmm. in some ways I can make concessions to what people want of me. Um, and I would just hope that in the midst of that, as I've already done in my life, that like I can still find God's plan for me. Mm-hmm. That's good. So we discussed. Right. Oh wait, did you did you answer? Yeah, I was gonna say we discussed the descendants piece, okay. and we kind of discussed the ancestor piece too, but a little bit because it's tradition. Yeah. Right. Well, what would our ancestors think? I don't want to be happy though. Just be like, you did great. Oh. You're doing great. You're you have achieved things that we dreamt of. Like I don't even know if that's a word, but um, like you have two degrees. Um, you're working. You're happy. Like you're doing great. We're proud of you, and that's a blessing to me. So. Mm. <laughs> on, oh, on the other oh hand, <laughs> yeah. They probably wouldn't be too. I mean, one of your ancestors already said, right? Yeah. Um. Yep. Yeah. If I, if I can, similar to Andrew, kind of like pull on a different kind of community, a different type of family unit for my ancestors, um, uh, that are not my biological. So if I think about like, uh, just like Christian community and stuff, I would. I think they would be proud of me uh, that I'm like learning to be more of who I am uh, and finding that sweet spot um, Mm -hmm. of like things that I care about, things that our world needs and like um, ways that I can like play into my strengths and like uh, that counts as successful. Um, But for my immediate and extended family, uh, they probably aren't the happiest but um, I think they just attribute it to the fact that I'm American. And so they, it's like the mm. excuse. It's like, oh, but like she's American. So that's why she's lost her mind. Oh, no. Well, we're proud of you. Thank we you. Are. We, we are, are proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And as, as I've said before, um, just kind of fulfilling the stereotype of being like, <laughs> yeah, another Indian doctor. Um, I think in terms of like the job side of things, I am, you know, you're doing it. I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing doing the thing, as people have said, and uh, I can't. I can't imagine that they wouldn't be upset at that. What well, they might be upset about the fact that is I'm going to psychiatry because 
Mental health. They literally can't win. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> oh, wait, why not cardiology here? Right. Okay. What um, is that? Neurosurgery. But, but despite that, uh, their success, like I said, measured in other ways too. Mm-hmm. Um, around like uh, being married, having children, um, like I said, being the respectful yeah. son, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I know for myself, um, I, I don't think I mentioned this before in the podcast, but I'm a convert to Catholicism. So that's not something that's like super well appreciated by everyone in my family. So I think there are other ways that maybe even though I'm fulfilling the material side of success, there are mm-hmm. other ways where maybe I, I realize I'm not meeting all the mm-hmm. success that my family would expect of me um, in, in their minds. And that's kind of a tension I, I, I walk of just like um, mm-hmm. where uh, I'm aware that I'm doing things to bring honor to my family in some ways and in other ways not. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of having to make sense of that for me. Yeah. Um, I would imagine that the ancestors would kind of feel similarly to my parents and immediate family around the decisions I made in my life. Um, and ultimately, I'm grateful for the way those ways that they're there for me. But at the end of the day, those decisions for my life are not theirs to make, but mm-hmm. like mine before God. So, yeah. 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 This is kind of like an added thing. So I realized we actually talked a lot about career and like occupation when we talked about success. Um, just that's just thing thing to note there. <laughs> um, but Andrew, you just reminded me of like uh, like family mm-hmm. and like relationships and stuff. I don't know what you guys think about that. Like, what does success look that's outside of your I job? Literally, I literally heard my father and my grandmother. <laughs> constantly asking me when will I have children as if I'm supposed to just make a man <laughs> and a husband like I don't know when he where he coming out of which, hiding. which oh my gosh they ask me every time they see me I'm like what do you want me to do see in my culture we have an easy fix is that they find you the husband oh, right, right, right. <laughs> well I don't know if I want them to find <laughs> I, how about I suggest this um because I think Dating, relationship, marriage, that is a whole nother topic. Whole nother. So why don't we just kind of revisit, revisit this table. question <laughs> part two. I get some time to think, yeah. Right. S- stay tuned, listeners. We'll have some uh, good words for you soon. Yeah. Right. Right.